1: shot by Lennox Lewis. A right hand by Holyfield. By Buster Douglas. Look at this. He's knocked by Tyson down for the first time in his career.
0: But unfortunately, it'll never happen. Front! punches. He punches.
1: And it's over. I think it's going to be over. player of been traveling against the ropes. I have to say, there seems an element of genuine hate between these two, Ambrose. For sure.
0: I don't hate the man. Imagine if you bought a ticket. Stop it, Frank. You can stop it any time. Castillo's in trouble. week steps in, and the fight is over. Oh! not you not
1: Welcome to the legendary nights after show. With me, your host, Sean. And I'm glad to be joined by our friend from the USA, Luke, who's joined us for another series of an after show. Thanks for coming on, Luke. Thanks for participating in this. I love your insight. I love what you do with your channel. I've always valued you as opinions and 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 value you as a friend. So it's always great when we've got you on the show.
0: Yeah, I gotta bring the professionalism down a little bit. So you know that's what I'm here for.
1: Well, it's a pleasure having you on. I'm really excited to get into this first episode the opening episode season three George Foreman Michael Mora that we witnessed and we get to relive over and over and over again and I'm really happy that we told this story and told more of a background on someone like Michael Mora who we had never done before and and really put in into context how good he was as a light heavyweight before he moved up To become a heavyweight and completely skips the cruiserweight division but i'm interested to hear your initial thoughts and feelings and memories of of this
0: particular moment in time let's just start with michael mora kind of this one fight summarizes him from being a, a elite guy to the guy that lost to a 40 year old man it's kind of funny how this one fight sums up his career to many people
1: Yes, it was a it was a bad loss to a, a man that was considered a of the hill. But yet he had been able to hang it with the likes of Tommy Morrison and the likes of the other couple of years prior to this fight happening. So most people thought this was more as night. You know, he was gonna take a big scalp in someone like a George Foreman, but it, it seemed like you carried away in the fight and his game plan goes out of the window a little bit and Teddy Atlas is telling him, you know, you you're going to lose this fight. You need to do this. And he doesn't, he can see in the fight, Foreman sets up that right hand. And then when he lands it and he puts him down, I think everybody at the time was in complete disbelief that this had actually happened.
0: And Jim Lampley's famous, it happened, it happened commentary. I mean, to me, this fight gets remembered so strangely because for me, it was like, I remember reading the newspaper and being excited for Foreman to fight. Being like a young child, you don't think Foreman could lose, right? Because you're like, I'm young. Foreman's the, this is the great story. Great stories always win in boxing, right? You don't have the life experience. You don't understand there's talent components. There's age issues. And for me, even revisiting this fight, it's like Michael Moore is basically winning the whole fight and then he gets caught. And I think that what's so strange about this fight is it's not a very good fight. It's not enjoyable to watch. It's not some amazing fight. And I think most people expected Michael Moore to do what Tommy Morrison did to George Foreman. Not that long after, before. I forget how the trajectory is, but I think it was right after. And I think this fight, that fights like this are always remembered by the most uh, compelling image. And the image is Foreman knocking down Moore in the optics of an old man knocking down a, a guy in his prime and that's kind of like what always lasts for me it's just like a single photographic image not in like Lee knocking out sunny sunny listen Was that loss for him really i think it
1: it hindered him a lot and i know i said that he obviously went on and did win a world title again he did of course he did however i just don't think he was that he lost that of invincibility about himself by George Foreman and for his career that sort of made me feel in hindsight looking back on it that you know it was great for George it was great you know what he did was was very memorable and very historic and you know still a, a heavyweight division hasn't been surpassed in terms of that record as yet I know Bernard Hopkins has surpassed that record as being the oldest world champion however in the heavyweight division it hasn't been surpassed as yet so that record still stands nearly, what, 30 years down the line? Is that 28 years since that fire happened? And that record, will it ever be surpassed? And I mean, in this current climate, I don't ever think anyone that I've seen in this generation or even some of the up-and-comers that look like potential long-term future stars, I can't see anybody surpassing that particular moment in time. So it, it begs the question to me is, will
0: this moment be... A moment that will ever be surpassed well i think that like records are meant to be broken so inevitably they'll be broken but with michael moore when i look at this fight it's not like guys like chris colbert or teofimo lopez when they lose when certain guys lose even a canelo losing to uh Bivol, when you lose and you're supposed to be the the immovable force the unstoppable fighter that's going forward Some guys never come back from that. Some guys have to be that guy that's the train going downhill. And when the train gets derailed, they don't have the repair equipment to fix it. And it's like the show is over. And even though Michael Moore's career continued after this, for a large port of people, this was the guy that lost to old George Foreman. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'll watch him fight. But he lost to George Foreman. And I think that that's kind of like what happened here. Is his whole career got summed up by like what? Like what is it? Twenty five seconds in a fight, and
1: that I think that as a fan, that's one of the most frustrating things about this tale is that he was one of the great light like, heavyweights of all time. I'm not saying he's like right up there at number two, number three, but arguably he's definitely a top five all time light heavyweight. You know, th- there is arguments to be made about who who is in that top five, but. I suppose if you were doing a top ten, you'd definitely feature Michael Mora as one of the greatest light heavyweights of all time. His record was absolutely sublime, and he skipped that cruiserweight division, as I said earlier, and then moved to heavyweight. And you know, he captured a world title. He not just captured one; he captured two. He captured two world titles in the process before and he beat facing Holyfield. George. He beat Holyfield, right? He did. Yeah, he did. Exactly. He beat Holyfield in the process. Although they say that. That win was tainted because of Holyfield's heart issues. However, he still did it and he still did it in in a fashion
0: as well. And Holyfield in that era was the guy like that's the guy that beat the boogeyman. So Michael Moore going into this fight had just beaten the guy that went down the street and beat up the schoolyard bully. And then he beat that guy. So it's like, oh, my God, here's one of the best light heavyweights ever. And he beat Amanda Holyfield. And now he's fighting an aging veteran in George Foreman. We got ourselves another star. We got, it looked like it was going to be Michael Moore versus Riddick Bowe. And um, we got Lennox Lewis who never seemingly ever got a fight. And maybe he'd fight a Mike Tyson down the road. And then what it turned into was Foreman just beats him. And then he kind of goes on this weird run of like, "Ah, I'll fight Jiroff towards the beginning of the new millennium. And it just, his career just became really, really strange because it felt like he was always trying to prove to the world that he was more than just that fight. Well, that is part of the story, really, is that you look back in the, the
1: mid to late 80s, it's all about doing it on his on his own accord. And it was like there was always them niggling feelings with George that, that the way he ended his first part of his career was, was quite dramatic, really. And, and literally goes uh, a little bit insane in the changing room, strips off naked, runs around. Obviously, if anybody's not heard our career profile on George, then we suggest that, you know, you do check that out because we do go into more detail about that incident. He takes that last loss in his career. He decides to pack it in. And then as a result of, of that, you just think George Foreman coming back and the, the fighters he were fighting at the time maneuvered into the position to fight for the world titles against Michael Mora and he was stripped for not defending. I think it was the IBF which stripped him of their title because he, did, oh, they wanted him to defend it against a certain individual. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I remember him stripping him of one of the titles and then he continued on until the, he ends up losing to Shannon Briggs in 97. And then that's the, that's the end of George. But I just feel like, If he wouldn't have done this, if this moment would not have happened in the second half of his career, I don't think people, including myself, would regard well as we do now. I think he did get this win on his resume and picked up world titles again, because let's be honest, if he wouldn't have done it, he would have just been seen as a failure, failing in all the attempts in the comeback. So I think it was very significant that this happened. And it, it, for him, he obviously is a believer in religion. He believes in God. And he felt like it was a sign that he needed to do this. And, and he did it. But if he wouldn't have done this in another universe, a, a big what if, would we have looked at him in the same way we do now as as an absolute legend? Or would we have
0: just said he was a guy that could have done more? So the George Foreman multiverse, they we got the multiverse where there's another... Um, I mean, you bring up an interesting point because it's like this is probably like the lowest of the low of Foreman's career, even lower than Ali. He had just lost to Tommy Morrison. It's like he's getting back in the ring a year and a half later against Michael Moore to basically be Moore's propelling to to these really good fights. Moore looks like the superstar of the division, really, and he's trying to fight the old guy. Now I believe I either heard this in your story. I've heard this prior that he fought in the trunks that he fought with Muhammad Ali. And one trainer that I once talked to was they said, sometimes guys will get knocked out, but on certain nights they won't get knocked out on that night. And it's like a lot of times people talk about Foreman. If he was, he was a front runner and he wouldn't quit in this fight. It felt like he was going to be the guy that no one ever expected him to be the the guy that would fight through adversity, the guy that would be there all night. And I think that there was something spiritual about George in this fight that he wanted to prove something to himself. And yes, it changed the trajectory of how we look at him as a fighter. But I also think George therapeutically needed to fight a certain way and win this fight because he personally had never um, come to peace with the way the Ali fight ended.
1: It's a great insight to to put into it really, because I just I, I just have this feeling you know this nagging feeling in the aftermath of doing the show that I it's that the whole multiverse the whole big what ifs all that sort of stuff and you look back on them fights in the lead up to the more you know he was he was quite slow and quite ponderous and you know if I'm going to make a modern day comparison to who George Foreman of old looks like now I would I would say Joe Joyce would be that man at the moment in the heavyweight division who feels a little bit like the older version of George Foreman when he came back. He was just a little bit slow at times, a little bit ponderous, got a pretty decent work rate, still got the fundamentals there, got a decent punch. And But George was, he was failing really at the big hurdles until this moment. I feel like Michael Mora threw this fight away because he was winning. He, He threw the fight away. Was George performing that well? Okay, he says he was setting him up. I can agree with that. Give the fight to George essentially by losing his concentration mid fight and, well, gassing as well. He gassed quite a bit as it goes into the latter stages of the fight. So, whilst it might seem like I'm diminishing this moment for George, I'm not. I'm just looking at the reality of it and thinking, Gomorrah threw this fight away himself. He, he was his own worst enemy in it. And he was his own worst enemy in the lead up to it as well. He seemed like he had. His head elsewhere at times in the build-up to this fight, but I think the whole event surrounding it, and then the way he sort of started to fall in the later stages of the fight, I'll, I'm adamant that he, he he threw that fight away. You know, he could he could have won that fight, and he could have convincingly won it the same way
0: other fighters did against George in the nineties. I mean, I think that if we're going to make a comparison to Michael Moore, it would be Tony Harrison for a modern boxer because it's like. Tony Harrison, every fight he's lost, he probably should have won. But it's like he just loses focus in a fight and then he'll just get caught. And it's like the way Michael Moore lost this fight was like, it's like he just could not maintain that supreme uh, focus. I think the strangest thing, and I we talked about this in our pre-show meeting, was you look at Foreman, because I remember I had watched Foreman growing up and a lot of people that listen to this telecast are now younger than me. They might not realize how big of a cultural icon George Foreman was in the 90s. He was all over HBO boxing. He was selling grills. He was I would almost say George Foreman was as well known as Hulk Hogan as like an American tough sports figure. And when um, when you go back and look at George who fought Ali, it's not at all the same person. That's a that's a fearsome, scary dude. I remember I watched when we were kings and I go, dude, this George Foreman's way different than the George I grew up with. The George I grew up with. It's like, that's cool, dad. You disrespect my son. I'm going to come out and beat you up. And I think that it's also like that transformation element was what made people so drawn to George, because I think a lot of people know someone that's had alcohol issues and they have to change or they know someone And George's sports career was that of change. Whereas Michael Moore, he comes into this fight. It's the perfect storm, light heavyweight, kind of just a boxer, like very acclaimed, but there's not much more than a boxer. And then he kind of gives the fight away. Like you said, loses focus. And I think the sad part is we all kind of wanted to see George get this moment. So then it's like, okay, let's give the moment to George. And then the athlete, you know, as just an athlete, there was not really much for us to piggyback on him after that point.
1: Listen, I I enjoyed covering the tale. I enjoyed covering the story because it's a story that will live in boxing folklore for many, many years to come way from when we're gone, when we're leaving this planet, that story will still be going way after, you know, we're gone. It'll probably still be going after, after my kids have gone. It'll still be there years to come because it is, it is a moment in boxing, which is why we wanted to cover this episode. Not because it was not the definition of a Gatti Ward or a Barrera versus Morales or any of them type of fights, but it was a moment in the sport that happened that lives on. And um, twenty eight years down the line, we cover it for our Legendary Nights podcast. We do an after show on it. That's just how much of a moment it was, with all the true insights into what really happened in the lead up to it. I think everything that you've brought to to the table about your interpretation of it is 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 fantastic because it echoes what I feel about this particular moment, this particular fight, and the the overall episode for me and Johnston was. We knew we wanted to include this somewhere down the line, but genuinely, we wasn't sure whether or not this would be an end for people to to listen to, to or to relive that story or relive that moment. So the reception we have had from it actually turns out to be contrary because people have actually really enjoyed reliving the tale and reliving the moment. So it just reaffirmed my belief in this moment and it will live on way past when we're gone and way past when our children and grandchildren and their grandchildren, I think it's a moment that will live on forever in boxing. And for me, whilst I love the sport and I love fantastic fights, boxing is all about
0: moments that live on forever. And and this was one of them. And I think that what's really speaks to that is this is one of the only fights I remember as a child where like, there were interruptions in programming to say, and George Foreman is now the oldest heavyweight champion ever. Like, I re- I don't know what I was watching, but there was an interruption in a telecast to explain that that had happened. The only other time I saw that or I had heard about it, I didn't see it because I was too young at the time. Was when Mike Tyson lost to Buster Douglas. It's like, and I when Holyfield beat Tyson, these were moments where like the world stopped. And it's like, I think that just to kind of put a wrap on it, most people's version of George Foreman is the old George Foreman from this fight. Like, if you ask people, what does George Foreman look like? They're probably going to describe to you the George Foreman that went out to fight Michael Moore, not the one that fought Ali, not the one that stopped Frazier. This is the Foreman that most people readily identify with. The whole point of
1: The Tale of is to explain to our listeners and people that watch it on YouTube that, you know, you need to understand the context behind this moment. It's not just about that moment, it's about how that moment came about. It's about, how they came to this moment, what were they doing in the background what What led up to this pivotal moment of their careers and I'm glad that we've done this episode i'm glad that we've done this tale and I genuinely hope that everybody listening uh, has enjoyed it and and I hope that you've enjoyed our insights into and our thoughts of course and our feelings on on this episode as a whole because we we do tend to give a little bit of thoughts, feelings, and opinions in the aftermath of. Storytelling, but it's these types of episodes like after shows that we love doing where it's like you could really just dissect and start to think about things in hindsight and start to really think about like the what ifs, the ifs, what's maybes, the, the, the moments in time, what it, what it meant, what, what was significant about it. And this is why I've, I've loved doing a, an after show with you, Luki, and why your interpretation and your perception to the table here. And we kind of get on most of the time in terms of our opinions on, on this. I suppose, before I wrap this up, is there any thoughts you have on the tale of Michael Mora and George Foreman?
0: Well, my big takeaway listening to your guys' podcast was this would be a great book because enough time has gone by that people involved in this story. It's like there is it's really like a story that I think could be unpacked where it's like if Michael Moore or someone around him would feel comfortable if Teddy Atlas could give insights, if Foreman could give insights, people that were around Foreman because there were there's a lot of moving pieces, right, like I'm sure in many ways, Foreman resurrected himself, but then Michael Moore, in a way like what what's that called like the genie in Aladdin, like for the genie to go back to live in the world, someone has to live in the the genie lamp. It's like Michael Moore became George Foreman from the Ali fight. And then he became that like, it's like they transitioned their roles. And I think it's, I w I was kind of hoping to read a three or 400 page book on just the kind of the perspectives of how this one night kind of altered or changed the direction of their life and even leading up to it, how they felt, because it's just, it's a much more compelling fight than the fight itself, but it had such a big impact on the heavyweight uh, scene of the 90s because Foreman was one of the biggest figures. He was one of the broadcasters on HBO, and he was one of the biggest household names at the time. So I, that's what was my takeaway.
1: Well, that would be good, wouldn't it, to see Michael Moore give some Further thoughts later down the line, I think Teddy actually has spoken about this on the, on his podcast, The Fight. I think he might have spoken about this already. So I'm going to do a little plug and say, just go and check out his feed because I do recall listening to an episode where he's speaking about Michael Mora. It might actually be the Mora-Holyfield fight that he... Does an episode on, but there may be a possibility he has done it. I I probably should have checked beforehand, but if he has, if he has, I think it would be worth listening to for his, from his perspective. But I think I'm more interested in getting the words from, from Michael Mora, because I think it's Mora really who he did say a little bit about the fight in the 2003 HBO Legendary Nights documentary, but he was still, he still seemed a little bit bitter about it then about that moment in time to know what his thoughts feelings and opinions were today now all these years have passed about how it really did affect his career and his life after that moment in time but I've enjoyed doing this after show our thoughts and feelings and opinions and I'm, I'm sure everybody listening and watching I'm sure if you've got any thoughts and feelings and opinions you can do that by letting us know or you can drop a comment on youtube or you can let us know via the patreon page for the yeah it's 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 been great i've really enjoyed having you on thank you so much for sitting down
0: to do this after show the tale of michael moore and george foreman yeah it's good to be old you know it's good to talk about old fights that meant a lot to me when i was like eight years old so it's cool well so much to everybody listening as always to this first after show
1: of season three and we'll be back for the after show next week for the second episode of the season
0: right on Cast network.